I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf. Barf. Uh. Ooh, it's an exciting episode. And for the first time in a long time, I feel like talking. <laughs> oh, that's good. Ooh-wee. What's in your butt? What's in your butt? <laughs> we promised we would do that. Yeah, I feel like I have enjoyed races lately. Um, in the past year and still not felt like talking about them very much. I don't know why. It's very un-Lauren. I must be coming, I'm becoming a new Lauren. Sure. But uh, BFC has returned me to my true and original state, which is the one where I want to tell you everything I've ever thought and felt, especially about this race. Oh, and what race are we talking about today? It's the Barkley Fall Classic. The Barkley Fall Classic. So, I- <laughs> we have so much, we have so much to talk about. Um, We should start with like... Uh, well, we should start with our nor- our normal stuff. So right. first, first, we have a new Patreon. We have a new Patreon that is already dear to my heart. The one and only Christopher Haas. Welcome, Chris Haas. Chris and I uh, don't know each other very well, but we're getting to know each other very quickly. He reached out to me while he was training for BFC. He is not historically a runner, but a hiker, and asked me if... He thought it was a good idea to do this race, and I didn't know how to say absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but a hiking background is actually really, really great for this race, because I feel like if you're a strong and persistent hiker who's not turned off by a bunch of ridiculous bullshit and you can continue to move, then yes, I think it's perfect. In the end, uh, Chris f- not only finished the 50K, but he beat me by like, I don't know, a good chunk of time. So what he discovered about himself is that uh, he can run downhill really well. <laughs> I mean, that's a heck of a time to determine that. Usually I feel like that's something that one should discover. While training for yeah. months and months, possibly, as many of us do, years as we train for this race. Um, but his way sounds a lot more whimsical. It sure and does. Enjoyable. It sure does. Um, And we'd also like to dedicate part of this podcast to his mom who passed away a few years ago. Um, And he had mentioned that to us in his, his tribute to us uh, for our Patreon. We're deeply moved by that. There are some other elements of stuff that Chris and I have been talking about um, that I think I would like to talk a little bit later about, about how all bodies are good bodies and all bodies can do amazing things. And so we'll get there. But um, welcome. Uh, you're an official barfer now. Uh, so, um, I'm gonna, can I skip all of the getting there stuff and just go straight into the meat? No. Oh, okay, go ahead. So, this there is might the be part people, I get bored by. Yeah, there might be, well, you shouldn't be, you should be deeply invested in this, and I will tell you why. Okay. So, first off, this is, uh, part of our, like, history as Burf Barf and as friends is going to the Barkley Fall Classic. It is. This was your seventh year going. This is my seventh attempt, yes. And this was my fifth year going. Mm-hmm. Or racing, I should say. I've gone six years. Twice. So you had one year where you had a stress fracture. Yep. You broke your hand bone. Yep. And you had another year where it I was COVID. And it, no. I think I was I think you abstained from the COVID year, no? I wasn't in before COVID. Oh, okay. Regardless. So you didn't get in and it wasn't a good year for yeah. you anyway. Yeah. So two extenuating circumstances and the other five years you raced. Yeah. Also, uh, BFC was kind of an impetus, I think, for this podcast because guess what is like in eight days? Our four-year 
birth bark anniversary. Oh, okay. You're right. I didn't know that, and I yeah. am excited to hear that. Yeah. We've been doing this podcast for four years. Wow, that's astonishing. From humble beginnings in my dad's basement. From humble beginnings to humble middles. <laughs> 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 we are. We do continue to be. So that's all quite the background I, want, I wanted trappings. to get. So we can do. A, we we can like get. We can get right into it. Okay. Uh, I think the only other like pre-race thing that I would love. I, I have a couple pre-race things. Our friend um, Andrea, who we met, who is a rib mountain racer <laughs> and an adventure racer. Um, we had spoken with her last week at Adventure Race Nationals, along with our other friend Olga, who both said, hey, we're also coming to race BFC. We Which like, is wild. Wow. We've got like a hefty little club of uh, AR national women. level adventure racers doing Barclay, the Barkley Fall Classic. Back to I'd be back. interested to know, if, and if anybody's listening and happy to point this out, if there was any men that did the Adventure Race Nationals and BFC. I have a feeling a, that there were. Probably. I only know of women, though. Yeah, so our friend Andrea... She was getting ready in the car next to ours, and we had gotten there quite early, which was a choice. Thank you, Lang. Um, and so we were like, so, you know, what's your plan for the day? And she was like, well, I'm, I'd am i like to win it. And I was like, you what? Yeah. You'd like to what? And she messaged up before as well, like, well, I'm going for the win, so I'm just wondering if I should do bottles or bladders. And I said, I couldn't begin to tell you because that's a fast person question and that's not me i am no help here if the good day if the time for you between aid stations is 24 minutes and it's three hours for me i don't know how you should fuel or drink your water i have no concept of that so i have to give andrew a lot of credit for uh her boldness in stating her goals and going from them outright because spoiler alert she she won won. she won (laughs) talk about Badass bitches who, like, throw down the gauntlet and do just what they say they're going to do. Wow, really? And that's not just, like, putting it into the universe. That's like, oh, no, I'm fucking tough. I'm a great ultra runner. Yeah. And I'm also, like, a map reader. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't imagine. I know that for a while, like, on Ratjaw, she was with some of the other elite men. But I think there are plenty of opportunities on this course to have to look at a map if no one is with you. Also, she said that she led for part of the time a brat job because a group of elite men, I believe, took a wrong turn. Yes, I did hear that. That does make me happy. That's dope. <laughs> That's dope. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Um, I saw some of my old uh, other veteran pals, as usual, just in the line for the shitter, getting so nervous that I think I might die. I don't, I don't think I was nervous at all last year because there were so few people at the start. I, I even watched a video of it this morning on YouTube. We're all like over 15 feet apart and there's so few of us and we staged in groups. So you're only there with like 10 other people. Yeah. I think that took away from the scariness because there was no fanfare. Even though you had two rat jaws. Yeah, that was scary. But I mean, having like 415 people tow the line at this race and standing back in that corral like in a real race situation again, I was really like, I left my body. I was so nervous. Yeah. I escaped. Um, we should touch on briefly, because usually we have like a pre and a post BFC episode. So mm-hmm. we're kind of smushing them into one a little bit. We don't have to do a lot of the pre stuff, but talk for a minute about your training and preparation and goals for this event. Yes. Okay. So I, I dedicated my entire summer to training for this event. And mm-hmm. as usual, 
uh, was terrified that I tapered too early and that I had lost all of the fitness that I spent all summer building, which is never true, but it's just <laughs> a little worm that it's creeps like part in. part of your process. It is part of my process, but I absolutely am in a sheer state of panic in the last two weeks thinking, why did I stop training too early? Um, I sp- Why did you stop training? You did nationals and you tapered for nationals. That's two weeks. It felt too long for sure. But so I, I was streaking. So I was running every day. I did four days, most of the, sorry, two a days for four days a week, most of the summer where I would lift in the morning or do treadmill or do like um, stair mill. And then in the evening, do my run. I was doing Tuesdays, every Tuesdays at the dam, doing as much vert as possible. Wednesdays, I was doing track to increase my speed. And every Saturday I was doing a long run. And I also had a couple, I had Laurel Highlands is a pretty big effort. And I also say, I would like to say that I really threw myself into the Bailey's races. Like I put some heavy efforts in there. So those are a couple race pace level efforts. Um, but I was very consistent in my training and I felt at the time very solid about it until the two weeks before the race. And then I panicked. And I, on the other hand, uh, COVID really, like, put a damper on any motivation for me. Like, I think as much as Lauren was, you, were digging <laughs> more into training and mm-hmm. as a way to, like, cope, mm-hmm. mine was to go the other way and do less as a way to cope, like, the st- for the stress of the last year and a half. And so while I've had some motivation come back, which I'm excited about, any of that I've used to train for nationals and mm-hmm. do more bike miles because mm-hmm. that's what's been giving back to me running has only felt like it's taking from me so I went into this event kind of feeling like oh no (laughs) because I've just developed a lot of complex feelings around BFC between missing you know uh, not being able to do the streak anymore when I had a stress fracture not doing it the year of COVID Mm -hmm. like I had I was out the year of the stress fracture, made the 50K the following year, then didn't make the 50K the year after that, even though I had trained and done a bunch of sauna work for that in 2019. So this year felt like a crapshoot, and like it it can be one thing to say, like, I'm just going to go in and whatever happens, happens. And I also knew, like, sometimes that mindset is not entirely in my control. So one thing I was worried about is that I'd go in thinking, whatever happens, happens, and that's fine. And then it would be like, fuck, Lauren got the 50K and this feels terrible. I feel like a failure. And I was was trying to be really conscientious about, like, Mm -hmm. doing my thing. Also understanding that I had made the choice or taken action or inaction to not train for this months ago. Mm -hmm. Like, and that there was nothing to do on race day. So you have to admit your own attachment to the outcome and also, mm-hmm. like, feel acceptance for your own attachment, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to give a shout-out to my little sister, Alex, for calling out. She was like... I love this. Uh, she said, you know, what are, uh, what are your feelings about it? And I was like, uh, you know, I'm just not trained up for this. And she said, well, why aren't you trained up for it? And I was like, because I didn't want to. Essentially, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, what it comes I mean, down to. I it. wanted to do bike miles instead. I wanted to train for nationals and adventure racing instead. And she's like, okay, so then why didn't you train for it? And I'm like, that's an excellent question. <laughs> uh, because it wasn't as important to me, which even that's hard to say out loud, but that's true. And, you know, yeah. when people talk about not having time to train for something, I feel like we're always kind of like, we no, all take it's not as, it's there, not yeah. as important, you know, whether it's an excuse or not, if you don't train for it. It's a matter of value. Yes. There yes. are other things that are more that. important to you. So she said, she said, and I'll say verbatim, uh, she said, 
your passion, if you wanted to do this, your passion would have been to train for BFC this year to give it your all, but you didn't want to, so embrace where your passion did go and just give it all you got this weekend and have a blast. Let go of the negative possibilities and get pumped. Whoopsie doodles, you accidentally trained your sister to talk to you the way you talk to everyone. Uh-huh. I Annie Lang myself. <laughs> um, so I'm just so wise. Yeah, that, that your own boomerang of wisdom came back and smacked you in the head. Yes. So that was my plan going in. And honestly, like, I felt like if I DNF'd, I would have deserved it. If I would have gotten a marathon, I would have deserved it. If I would have gotten the 50K, I would have deserved it. Yeah. So um, that's kind of, so mine was different than yours for sure. Mm-hmm. I, there's also, I mean, there are two things about this, about the outcome. And it's that for me, it feels like there's a tremendous amount of pressure for me to not ever skip and to do well. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that pressure. It's not an, it's not a pressure that's not welcome. Like, I like the heat of that. Yeah. And for you, you can't say like, well, I messed up my streak, so I don't care. Because that's obviously not true. Because yeah. Frozen Head State Park is a big part of your passion for adventuring and running and, and the people there and the culture surrounding it is a big part of why you do what you do. And it's like a big part of your love. So to say like, well, it doesn't really matter is like, we know that that's not true, but to be like, okay, I'm, I'm owning up to my training, but I'm going to like do my best and see what happens. I mean, I think everybody around you feels like it's lying. She'll find a way, you know, (laughs) which is funny to me. It makes me think of um, that chapter and how bad do you want it? And it was that uh, I wish I could remember the athlete's name. And she like won Ironman like eight years in a row. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, she just, you know, that's just what she does. But every year she still had to show up and give as much as she ever did. So um, I think you have some of that, too. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that you've shown up for this thing seven years and been performing at that level is wild it's to ama- think about to me it's i it's amazing i that i feel like i can i can stay in that kind of shape this many years because yeah. i feel like eventually like age is just gonna punch me <laughs> in the guts and be like i don't know there's plenty of olds that did oh the my 50K, god so, so many I'm, fantastic I'm, olds you really don't have any excuses no i don't so, i won't use any um so we get our course maps and the the course was a lot different than it's ever been before. It was. There's usually saved for the end a bigger and more difficult chunk. Yeah, I would say that um, that the difference between going on and staying is a much scarier concept for people. Sure. And in this situation, there were still a, an incredible amount of DNFs. But I think that the the intensity level of like, do you want to do six more miles with an okay medium climb, like. I feel like people might have said, like, yeah, I can do that. But, like, when it's what it usually is, it's, like, sweet Mother Mary, I might kill myself. And, you know, it makes me think that in actuality, rather than the the on-paper decision point of when people were allowed to continue for the 50K or had to cut out to do the marathon, I think what it did is, in actuality, the decision point was way earlier than that for people. People were making the decision at, like, the prison prison. before going Mm -hmm. up the full rat jaw for the second time, Mm -hmm. the after doing a half rat jaw, doing the full rat jaw the second time, I feel like that's when people were deciding in their mind if they were going to go on or not. Because, like, it almost seemed like if you got to the, and I'd be interested to know this, how many people got to the decision point that had plenty of time that didn't go on, mm-hmm. I would imagine a lot more people than normal that made well, the cutoff. You can tell by the marathon finish times. 
And I think a lot of those people would not have made it. Right. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Even though in the past, right. people have gotten there, had time to continue, and didn't because it was... Well, the comical thing is that he gave you, like, 55 minutes from the cutoff point to go yeah. on if you wanted to, and not not even if you... Not even if you wanted it more than anything in the world would that be possible. Yeah. You would have to run, like, nine-minute miles. Yeah. Somebody uh, out there could. Up Bird Yeah. Someone could, but it would be insane. But it was a fun... I thought it was a fun and interesting course because... Uh, and we'll, we'll, we can just get into it. Like, yeah, we so, can get into it. Yeah, so we started the race, and instead of going up Bird Mountain to start, we did, like, a Jeep road loop that went out towards the northeast corner of the park, not all the way out to the garden spot, but towards that neck of the woods. And it was awesome. Like, I almost hate to say, like, yay, because, you know, if you like anything too much, Laz will take it away. But the fact that people could string out, and I think part of it was due to COVID. conga line was, like, yeah. in the past, we've talked with coaches to, like, try to strategize, like, ask your coach, like, do you think it's a good idea for me to blow my shit up from 1.5 miles on the road because to being beat stuck, people. Yeah, yeah, because being stuck behind people going up bird and down the backside of that ridge is really a, it's very a, stressful. an energy suck. Yeah. yeah, it's very stressful. It's very so stressful. it's like, you know what sounds, it might work better to have a physical stress of going hard rather than the mental mm-hmm. stress of wondering if you should pass people in the bushes or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we got strung out early, yeah. which was great. It was It was awesome. It was also not really any less epic because what we essentially ended up doing is going up the gain of Bird Mountain in that three-mile jeep climb. I blanked it out. I was like, my friends, 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 friends. I was like, Ben Yancey, Rick Albanese, hi, hello, my friends. I I felt like I was being... Uh, I was flying on a magic carpet ride. Yeah. I have no memory of that climb. Yeah. And I was just uh, hoofing along at my power hike level and um, actually had one of my first mantras come into my head at this point um, for the day, which I was super grateful. And that was, I can do this for eight days. <laughs> yes. Because yes. for Sheltui, I essentially power hiked 98% of it. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was hoofing it up this Jeep road. At not a pleasant grade. It's not a pleasant uphill grade, mm-hmm. but I thought I can do this for eight days. And then I thought like, hmm, so doing it for the daylight today seems okay. Seems manageable. Yeah. Yeah. We quickly hit a spot that I felt that I was worried might be unmanageable, which is a feature on the big Barclays course. <laughs> the we actually hit up the Pillars of Dune this year, which Which is on the Cumberland Trail that goes through Frozen Head, so anybody is free to go to yes. the Pillars of Doom. That is not a secret head. location. Yeah. Um, but it's everything I fear in the world wrapped up into one feature. It's heights and slippery rocks and having to jump from one object to another. But it's so cool. Is it though? It is. Okay. Um, luckily, there were so many people there that I knew that I had to move through. So I just went and oh, did yeah. it. Was it a bottleneck when you went through? It was pretty spaced out when I went. No. But there were four people behind me ready to go. Yeah. And I was like, kip, kip, kip. You're like, look at me go over this like a normal person. Yeah. Look at how normal I am. Yeah, it made me freak out a little bit. So it was cool to see a new part of the park that I'd never seen before coming down that backside to see the- It was beautiful. There's a lake. There's some lovely- There's a lake over there. (laughs) Who fucking knew? There's some lovely pine, like pine trail. Beautiful. And uh, that section was also- yeah, it was just beautiful on that part. So the Cumberland Trail going through the Ross Gap until you come out near the volleyball fields at the entrance to Frozen Head. 
And there was this was the first of many two runnable descents, though, that just made me feel like oh, my guts were going to jiggle runnable. out of my butt. I mean, runnable. It was like... It was baby the, head rutted out Jeep road that um, was some parts, but it was so steep. Yeah. I was already like, oh, well, today I will lose both of my kneecaps. Yeah. And I, I had, knew immediately. So it was 13. It's 1300 feet of descent into mm-hmm. miles. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Ooh, it was not a fun way to finish. I either. also think it's a, that those runnable descents is a big contributor, I think, for me on why I'm so fucking sore because <laughs> as as all people who have done a lot of gain or trained for gain before like you you know it's important to train for the up but the down is all oh like God. muscle absorption yes. and uh i forget what the word is when your muscle has to like flex to slow you down um but that's the stuff that just like shreds yeah your muscles if you haven't yeah. tra- trained a lot of descent and, and last year i didn't me. last year i didn't i blew out my quads on the back of bird mountain which was the very first descent and i was like and I thought, this is my race. I fucked it up. I'm My day's over. And so this summer, I did a lot of, like, pummeling down the dam. Like, go up very slow. Blast down as hard as you can. So yeah. I did train for that specifically. That's good. So by the time we got to the visitor center and went up Chimney Top, um, we had on, via course map, like, seven, ma- seven miles down. But we'd actually done, like, ten miles by the time we got there. I did not know that. Yeah, before we started Chimney Top, which to me was reassuring because I was like, we're, like, a quarter of the way done, mileage-wise. I know that doesn't mean anything time-wise. It took me two hours and 45 minutes to finish the first loop. Yeah, so there you go. Quarter of the time. Okay, because I was like, oh God, oh God, why is six miles taking me so long? I was panicking. It was 10 miles. That makes me feel so much better. Yeah. Thanks and, for that info. And also, if you think about it, so quarter quarter of the mileage, you did 12 hours. Yeah. Okay. Three, three well, hours. Yeah. I, I was like, hmm, this is not adding up. I have concerns. Um, but I headed up chimney. It's it's a bad idea to give me chimney first because chimney's where I shine. That's where you go for blood. That's where I go for blood. And I usually do a lot of passing and having fun there. And like, I love to see the carnage. I've also raced with someone to the top of chimney before, which was like the most fun thing that's ever happened. On Fuck this. you. Oh my God. It was, he was like, let's just see what we can do. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So I, I, I have a lot of. I can't even imagine anything but a death march of chimney because it's just, it. Chimney Top is the unspoken terror it of is the Barkley the un- Fall Classic. And I, I read someone say that in the really? forum this week. They were like, I don't know why this feature is not mentioned in all of the race reviews because it's so hard. It's rough. I think that the assumption is because it is part of the park trail system mm-hmm. that it's like standard or whatever. But Mm-mm. So the Chimney, not, chimney Top trail section, I think, is 7.3 miles or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Okay. I don't know where the... The climb is like six and a half. Yeah, I was going to say. I think, it goes down. Yeah, I think maybe when it gets to the Jeep trail, the Jeep road officially, it might be like 7.2 yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, but Chimney Top is... Uh, has 1700 false summits. summits yeah um, it's relentless and there was no less carnage on chimney top it was amazing i loved every even, moment of it even, i loved it i just can't i cannot believe that there was still as much carnage with it being so much earlier than the race than it normally is people leaning against i know trees. oh god it's so great and i gotta say big ups to the women of bfc there was a choo-choo of seven women hands on hips up on their toes going bing 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 and men were just falling off and falling off and sitting down and leaning against trees and throwing up and asking for salt people were fucked up already and i was like look at all these women 
go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, okay, so, towards the very top, after I had told people, after they all had said behind me, this is a three-mile climb, and I would turn around like a fucking troll and be like, it's seven miles, it goes on forever. Don't, like, I was, like, don't get stoked. Mm -hmm. You're not done here. So I started feeling really good towards the end of this climb, and I, my new mantra for myself was, don't rule out your own miraculous success. Mm, like good. you could you could top 10 you could who, who knows, knows? Yeah. who knows what you could do today you could yeah so just open it up see what you can do don't don't lose it like don't yeah. blast it out of the stratosphere yeah but see what you can do yeah uh i started to have some calf cramping going up to mm. top and i was like whoa this is way too early for this and i was like hmm I actually thought about coming back down Chimney. No, you did Yes, not. I did. I really did. I saw three people walk back down Chimney. Yeah. I saw a guy that came down, and somebody was like, are you all right? And he goes, just trying to prevent an emergency. And I was like... That's was, very good. That's I, very kind of I you. And I thought, yes, I also have an emergency. <laughs> I need to leave. <laughs> and I just was like, oh, man, if this is like this all day, it might be a really hard time. But I like... Pushed a bunch of salt into me, took some Advil, was just like, okay, like, I'm just, uh, and then my my next mantra came into my head, which was, like, uh, to not put any pressure on myself, I just asked myself, what if I didn't stop? Rather than, I feel like a lot of times what goes through my head is, what if I stop? Mm-hmm. Like, what if I stop? Mm-hmm. Well, if I stopped, like, I'd get to go take a shower. I could go mm-hmm. sit down. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do this. And I just yeah. thought, what if I didn't stop? Like, that's the only thing I have to consider is, like, what if I what if I didn't stop? Not, like, what if I went faster? What if I did this? Mm-hmm. Just, I'm just going to keep chugging. And if I have to go, like, a half a mile an hour, that will be okay. Yeah, that's I'm good wisdom. I'm going to be okay with that's that. That's good wisdom. And by the time I got to the fall summits... I felt kind of Lauren Crafty, Ooh. which I was really stoked about. Oh. Like, there was a guy that was, like, dying on the side of the tree, and he was like, I just, you know, I just can't think of any jokes. And I was like, okay. And I told a couple jokes and, like, screamed at people. <laughs> Shut down the, the fuck up. Yeah, so I did. I said, why is there 239 beans in a can of Boston baked beans? Why? Because otherwise it'd be 240. <laughs> 240. Oh. Oh, dear. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad you were able to tell jokes when others mm-hmm. could not. Uh-huh. That is a true gift. And I was, like, shouting down the uh, down the hill at people, like, you're doing great! And I was, like, and at this time, it had started to rain, which I was so happy about. Yeah, it was good. And it was foggy. The sun was nowhere to be found. Yeah. I was holding my arms out to my sides going, we are so fucking lucky. Yeah. I, we are so lucky. When we came over the capstones and there was visible fog in the distance, I turned around to the stranger behind me and I was, like, it's so beautiful. Like, I wonder if people it's so are like beautiful. These people are full of shit. Yeah, they must that be is really psychotic. how I, I how I felt. So, like, it was nice to go start chimney top and be yeah. like, I I don't know if this is gonna happen today, and my legs are this close to cramping, and then being like, oh, maybe this is how Lauren feels at the top of chimney top, which is not like dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we had our first drama on Chimney Top of the day, which is that, uh, and I'm sure that there's plenty of lore already surrounding this situation, so I won't say anything that I don't know for sure. I know that a guy went down on Chimney Top, that he had some cramping, and then he ended up perhaps going unconscious, and that he required some pretty serious medical attention. 
um, one of our good friends, Ben Nybauer, was out there and ended up helping him for hours in the rain along with a team of other people. And so I want to say, Ben, you're a very sweet man who gave up his race to sit with a guy who was definitely in some danger. So that was really cool of you. Yeah. We hope that that runner is okay. I know that they got him an IV up there. Um, and I think I've already seen the runner respond to a couple of comments, so they're, oh. I think they're good to go. Great. Just, Great. just a but rough day. <laughs> know that, like, a quarter into this race, like, medical attention is already coming to the course. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nothing to nothing to sneeze at, this one. Um, because so many people, I'm changing subjects a little, because so many people listen to these episodes as preparation for Barkley Fall Classic, which I think we learned, like, 30 times over, yeah. so... Uh, hello, dear listener that just found out they got into Barkley Fall Classic in 2022 and is listening <laughs> to this as a last minute homework. Welcome. You're not alone. Yeah. Um, but I would say like key advice for Chimney Top is don't think about getting to the top. Just no. think about continuing to go until you are done. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's very good. Don't ask if we're at the top yet. It will not serve you. Mm-mm. Just also, think about being on an endless uphill. Pack your own salt tabs, electrolytes, Advil, and Tums in a little Ziploc bag. Pack your own butt wipes in a little Ziploc bag. Make sure that you hydrate constantly and that you're not drinking just water. Some of these might seem like very simple things to say to accomplish ultra runners, but maybe this is your first time coming to a race of this size and distance and challenge level. And the combination of things at BFC is like cramp. Cramp Central. Yes. For yes. a lot of people. I ended up giving some of my salt tabs, which I also borrowed at the beginning of the race, to somebody who was cramping up, and he ended up going on a great success. I was super stoked on that. That's awesome. I ended up having seven salt pills over the day, which that's the most I've done. Oh, man. I, I did at least eight. Yeah. But, yes, yeah, so those are all things to consider, especially in heat, that you're going to be losing a tremendous amount of salt. Like, I was already like sandpaper on my face from the amount of salt that I had lost in the first three hours of the race. Yeah. And it was cool. And it was nice out. It was cool this year. It was nice out. Yeah. So. Chimney top. Chimney top. To Tub Springs. And then we began. So the next part of the course is when some of the rad stuff came in. Yeah. Some of the off trail stuff Yeah, some of the features. Yes, some of the features. Sure. Uh, So the first step was a half jaunt of rat jaw so you came in at the halfway point or so i think this is i'm gonna go ahead and say i think this is a little silly i think this is like lazenderb took a red crayon on a big map and went do 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 and around here and then back over here and then down here yeah there's no reason they had to add that it's so silly however the mental so what ended up happening is that you so you did a half rat jaw and then you ran back down the same way to continue on to the course. Oh, yes. So there was people who yes. were done with their half rat jaw that were running down the same part of the course as the people who had yet to do their half rat jaw. Mm. And the mental anguish it was, of that it was some serious mental anguish. Very intentional. <laughs> yes, we were running alongside this really handsome dude with these tinted glasses, and he was like chatty, chatty, chatty. And he was like, "No, you guys." And I don't know how he knew. He's like, "You guys have to turn right." And we were like. Why do you get to go forward? He goes, because I already did it. And then we were like, oh, no. Yeah, I saw the same thing. Several people chatting and then being like, oh. (laughs) This is where I picked up my new friend, Taylor Budd, 
who's a friend of the podcast, and I got to run with her for a shitload of time that day, like on and off, yo-yoed with her all day and got to talk to her a lot about running and racing and trying hard things, and she's an absolute freaking delight and just a powerhouse. I mean, I could see she was holding back to hang with me to talk, and I was like, I can't express this enough to you. If you have it, you must use it. You must go. And she was like, no, I'm just going to stay. And I'm like, you must use your power and go. Leave me here. Consider, though, that we all, I think, have a tendency to feel like the other person is having an easier time than you. She was able to run faster. All right. Yes. All right. But anyway, it was a delight to have you. Oh, my God. I was so happy to have someone to talk to. Um. So during the first half rat jaw, I'm like super, was super, super pleased. The first half rat jaw didn't take anything from me. Me neither. It was great. It was great. I, I actually enjoyed it more than going up the Jeep road. I enjoyed it more than going up chimney top because the point of those things is not the elevation gain. So it just feels like added shit. Yeah. And going up rat jaw, you're like, oh, the stupid steepness of this is the thing, and that's what I'm doing. And I go for that. I go I go because I like to do rat jaw. I will say, I'm just going to slip this in here because this is probably going to be... going to slip it in. in. This is the most important part of this podcast, and I'm going to say it now. I'm never going to do this race again without wearing full pants and full sleeves. It's all I've ever done every year until this year. And I thought, I'll just be cute in my matching outfit with my best friend, and it'll be super cute. Fuck. I and you, we are covered in boo-boos. Mine has nothing to do with wearing pants or sleeves. (laughs) I'm covered in poison ivy, and I know a lot of other people are too. But I, in general, I've always been the one who said to people, like, don't be an idiot for your Instagram photos and your stupid bloody legs. Wear fucking pants, you ding-dong. I didn't do that. I wore thigh-high socks and shorts, and I was covered everywhere except for an inch, and that's where I got poison ivy. Mm. And when I went into my first rat, I was with Taylor, and I was like, I'm having fun talking and eating gummy worms. I don't want to put sleeves on. I'm just going to go. Idiot. Oh, I forgot you even had them. Idiot. I had them in my pack. It makes it even worse. I'm a ding-dong, and I'm never going to mess this up again, and I don't care how hot it is. I don't want to feel how I feel at this very moment, which is I'm in intense pain because my body hurts all over. I'm covered in poison ivy. I have scratches and I'm missing three toenails. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I just had to get it all out. That's okay. I'm probably going to wear a cutoff Goodwill plaid shirt to every race for the rest of my life. It is comfy, except for I got sand underneath. Sand? I can't. We ain't no crawdads. We ate sand. You did what? We ate sand. (laughs) I saw a crawdad on the course. That's fucking insane to be climbing up Rat Jaw and be like, ooh, a lobster. Just a bright red tiny lobster. Why was it so high? I I don't know. There's no water up there. I don't know. Anyways, chicken skin. I got chicken skin on my back. I lost my armpit. I just I I'm the most fucked up after a race I've been in years and years. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I've had this many com- compounding issues at once after a race. Yeah, my strategy of getting pre-scratched at nationals did not help me. No. I got just as much more scratched. Well, we'll get to where we'll get you got there. your shit all torn up. So we did our half half rat and then headed down to Testicle Spectacle and Meth Lab, which are just, they're just stupid, crazy power line cuts, essentially, yeah. like on steroids, 10C yeah. style. And this is also, I think the half rat jaw was 
starting to get a little slippy, maybe mm-hmm. a little muddy. Mm-hmm. But by the time I got to Tesco, and I think even you two ahead of me, it was really muddy. Oh, it yeah. It was really no, muddy. No, it was hysterically bad. Um, it was great. It was like, great. I had a blast. I had a really good time. Oh, my gosh. You did, too. I had so much fun going down testicle spectacle. Like, I just... It does not scare me to go down mud. No, me neither. Like, no. Uh, there were some It was scary to scary run into m- other people. Yeah. Yeah. There were some, some scary moments. But uh, I, I do know that, like, in order to slide down, you should not go on your butt because you might rip your ass up to shreds. Me! Like Annie did. I did that. You're supposed to put one foot down and one foot out and ride your foot down the hill. I don't buy that. I would go on my butt again. Oh, I would not. I have... There's too many people that got their foot stuck and then their knee went behind them. Don't care. That's my mode. But yes, I had a very good time going down. And going down and up testicle, I saw probably, realistically, 15 people I knew. And it was just like, I felt like like when you go to like the senior dinner and you're just like, <laughs> and I love you. And I just, everything that we ever shared together. And I just loved, and I just, and if you just sign my yearbook, because I just like, you inspire me. Yeah. And I'm like, going to miss you so much. Like, I was feeling like, all the feelings of, like, graduation day. That's the best part about testicles, seeing people going down and mm-hmm. coming up, because mm-hmm. it's one of the few places where you have two-way traffic. So, and for me, it was fun to see, like, uh, so I saw the rest of the guys in our group that came with us, uh, are, that stayed in the same place from Columbus, and after I saw all of the rest of the people of our group, and not you, I was like, Did you know that by then? Yes, because as soon as I saw all of them and not you, I knew that you were already off testicle. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, But as you alluded to, when I went down testicle, I slid once, ripped part of my shorts, slid again, ripped another part of my shorts, slid again, ripped my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Slid again. Rip my underwear some more. Slid again. A guy grabbed me to, like, save me from going off of a ravine into a river. And I was like, oh, thank you. He goes, I wanted to keep you from dying. <laughs> like, um, and when we got to the bottom, there was an aid station at the bottom of Testicle. And I was trying to get the guy that was punching bibs to uh, tell me what was going on oh, in my butt area. And he was like, ma'am, I can't look at you was, that way. I was like, is it, like, completely naked back there? Because <laughs> I don't mind showing... There's so much mud, how would you even know? I, I didn't, I couldn't tell. All I felt was strings. <laughs> so he just was like, where is your bib? And I'm just like, tell me what my butt's doing. And then luckily, uh, our dear friend, Matt Calvio, was close because he very- Because you made him touch your butt. Yeah, he very kindly poked me in the butt to let me know what was flesh <laughs> oh, and what skin. was skin. Um, but yeah, because I don't mind showing a little butt cheek, but I was afraid that I was going to be showing my genitalia. Yeah, well, there was a lot of raw genitalia on yeah. the course this year. I was not alone in the There was so much carnage. nudity. Um, so I, I got to the bottom of the testicle, grabbed a gigantic handful of homemade Rice Krispie treats and housed them and felt amazing. Went back up and halfway up, as, as is our way every year. I don't know how this happens, but Jay Crosby is always next to me on testicle spectacle. <laughs> every year. It, it, it's, it's, it's spiritual. It really is. There's something really special about it. 
and he didn't know who I was because his glasses were covered in mud, and he was just blindly going at the hill. I can't imagine wearing glasses this year. He's like, whose voice is that? I was like, Lauren. And he was like, Lauren? Lauren! (laughs) And he turned around all the way to me while people are going up and down behind us. People are essentially, like, shooting through the air. (laughs) Flying over your heads. (laughs) Flying over our heads. He took his glasses off, and he goes, look at me. You are grit and power. And I was like, (laughs) thank you, Jay. And I was like, oh, I just got flushed with the Holy Spirit. I did. (laughs) I got very overwhelmed with like radiant joy and love and like just feeling like I came here to be with my people and do something hard. And I'm, I'm doing everything that I've ever wanted. Like I am in my moment. My whole year is leading to this moment, the moment where Jay Crosby gives his sermon on the mount. <laughs> and I was just, I was beside myself. And so when people were coming down after Jay had told me I was grit and power, I think I was what my dad calls irrationally exuberant. Sure. Because <laughs> I ran into uh, Michael Osinski and uh, we were both, he's not even wearing a shirt. We're both covered in mud. And I like screamed like, motherfucker! It's <laughs> like... We hugged as hard as we could, and that. How just... did you have time to hug? What is <laughs> happening up there in front of me? I'm like, I don't have time to turn around my shorts that I'm wearing backwards and rip the front out of to cover my buns. And you're like, I was hugging all my friends. I, did. I, I saw, I hugged Brendan. I saw Sam, and he fist bumped me. I, uh, oh, I also saw. Oh my God! Why is her name not going to come to me right now? I'm so mad. She's Bib Eleven, and I see her every year, and she's the reason, part a huge part of the reason why I continued on last year. And she told me this year that I was the reason she continued on, and so we hugged. Oh man, testicle spectacle in just a mud shit show of nonsense. I was just blanketed with happiness and love. Yeah, so testicle was good. It was awesome. Uh, meth was also a muddy mess, which was. That was a pretty big bummer, because I feel usually pretty comfortable to run run down meth. The heat hasn't exploded my brain into Mm -hmm. a thousand pieces. And I was like, oh, it it wasn't like super runnable. I lost time there. And also... And it's long when you're not running. I forgot how long it was. It's very long. Yeah. And also the rut that's always there ended up being like six and a half feet deep this year. Yeah. And so if you slipped into it, you were going to bust your ass. Yeah. Um... I got, I I ended up passing like 10 men down meth and it was just, I was fully in my power. Yeah. Uh, cruised out of the neighborhood past the bricks to say Jesus. So weird. Yeah. So weird. But you know, I ran that for the first time in the history of BFC. Oh, I ran it. I ran all the way to the prison. It was nice. I, I feel like that section of the race going to the prison is like the hottest place. It's the worst. It's the least fun part of the entire course. Yeah. And it's usually it still hot. so, so hot, but it was not nearly as hot as it was. It was like 2 or 3 p.m. And it was, it was still cloudy. It was very hot. It was um, still cloudy, though. Some delightful women opened a box of apple pie and fed it directly into my mouth. <laughs> and ridiculous. I uh, almost <laughs> freaked out. I was really like meth high on sugar. It's really funny to think with all of the races we've done lately, because at adventure races, they don't have aid station food. So no. it's funny to think about. The luxury of the aid stations at BFC, but the food at BFC this year was luxury. It was, and also they advertised it as a race where there would not be aid stations, so I'm very confused by their presence. 
Yeah. It said be fully self-supported. You'll, you'll get yeah, water but, on the I course. Mean, but all of the aid stations were fully, officially stocked. They were amazing. Ding-dongs. Mandarin oranges. They like, were great. Sword. Water. Yeah. Just, uh, and all of the coal field... Coal field? Coal field. Coal field yeah. boys from the high school were as usual. Also, the high school... High school boys and the there. middle school, the middle school, and I think elementary school. Well, they were delightful. They and were all wonderful great. as usual. Um, coming up to the prison, I ran into two uh, hardcore veteran uh, BFCers, Shannon Ray Die and David Die, who were unable to run this year. Shannon had some accidents and some mul- multiple surgeries, and we had talked to her before the race, and we all got emotional just thinking that she couldn't be out there. But we cannot say thank you enough for your presence on the course because and your it, energy, yeah, and your just your energy and your love for the sport. She, when she saw me, she jumped into the air with two feet and stomped down and folded all the way in half and just screamed. And I was just like, I, I can't. I'm I'm overwhelmed talking about this race because so many amazing things happened to me in the single race and like so much love and support was just like shot at me like a fire hose that I just can't. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, I want to give uh, credit to the dyes as well because they are also uh, whether your streak has ended, you still have you still have that as your list of accomplishments. The dyes had five five, five 50k finishes, yeah. like, and I think did they always finish together? Yeah, that's also yeah. really remarkable. Yeah, they got sick last year on Rat Jaw and had to stop at the bottom. Um, and I was crushed to see them sitting in those chairs. I was like, no, guys, it's us. You yeah. have to come together. We all have to go together. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, well, just your your ongoing support and love for the sport is, is very much cherished by us. So after going through the prison and we got to go through the tunnel this year, which I always like uh, because usually I'm feeling it because it's cool and I can sing and it's echoey and other people Silly. seem rather mystified by the darkness <laughs> instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was up Gunny Sack Hill to begin Rat Jaw. And oh, Gunny Sack. So Gunny many, Sack. So many meltdowns on Gunny Sack. So seeing Gunny Sack, at first I was kind of stoked because I think it's the most vegetated I've ever seen Yeah, it, it was covered. And... It did not help. No, not at all. <laughs> the route to get up was completely slick mud. And I, yeah, there was a lot of people that had a really hard time, including myself. Um, I tried to help a woman, Randy, in front of me, Randy Lucas, get up Gunny Sack. And she was having a really hard time. And I said, do I have my permission to put my arm in your crotch? <laughs> she said, yeah, I don't know how that'll help. <laughs> and so I pushed as hard as I could to get her up and it just didn't work. Uh, yeah. Oh and she, um, it was really difficult and scary because that hill is it's very scary. scary. It's a wall. Also, it tends to be at the time of day when you are the most, tired and the most hungry yeah so like it just it's a it's a hard combination of factors so Mm -hmm. she ended up coming down um and while she was kind of waiting on the perch to go down when she had a break between people i i made the attempt to get up the same way she had and also was just like hanging on hanging on to a bundle of roots it was like i might just have to go back down and try this again yeah um luckily uh adam holt thank you very much Adam Holt got to the top and leaned over and grabbed my hand and my arm. Wow. And at one point, he was just holding my entire body weight before I could grab something that was wow. higher up. And I don't know that I would have gotten up without that. Wow. And I saw a lot of other people 
helping people up, being helped themselves because it was impossible. Yeah. I literally threw John Calabrese's entire body up gunny sack by his ass. He was really, I think, in a moment of like, he was like, and just, I can't, I hate it, stupid, no one get up it. And I was just like, shink. And he was like, oh, wow, thank you. <laughs> um, it was very satisfying to be able to do that. But I did, however, end up behind a lot of men's butts who had torn their shorts on testicles. So spectacle. many torn shorts. I just looked at so many buttholes up <laughs> all the way up rat jaw. Just hairy man ass in front of me the whole way up. Yeah. Oh. I was the person showing my butt. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. You uh, feel... Seemingly not my asshole, so you're welcome. welcome. Yeah. yeah. Uh... Oh, but John Calabrese did pay me back in sport beans for throwing his body up the hill, so I'd say we made a fair you're deal. Even. Yeah. yeah, fair yeah, deal. Yeah, it was a great deal. Um, talk about uh, some of the audience or participant vibes at the prison before you went up Bradshaw. <laughs> um. On the way into the prison, there were um, a family, like, of dudes in uh, an ATV who were like, yeah, get it. And I turned to the guy next to me, and I was like, apparently all I needed validation in this life was to have a bunch of good old boys tell me that I was doing well at a race. And the guy goes, me too. (laughs) I actually Uh, met the other runners. The other runners? And their feelings of doubt already. I don't remember. Remember you told me people were already talking about the cutoff. Oh, yeah. This happens every year. Every year, people already start saying, like, before we got to the bottom of Ratchel, like, we're not going to make it. And I cracked a little because every year I have to hear that. And every year I'm like, no, guys, we're going to be okay. And I feel like maybe that has compiled in me a little bit because I feel like I know I can make it. But I also know I'm a different kind of runner than most. When I look at my splits and other people's splits, I have the slowest beginning splits and the fastest end splits. So maybe it's not for everybody, my mode. But I was like, yes, we fucking will. Yes, we fucking will. I finish every year and I'm going to finish this year. And I know how much we have left and we're going to fucking finish. And they were like, oh, geez. And I was like, no, no geez. Everybody shut the fuck up and come with me if you want to finish. But, like, no more of this fucking negative talk. Also, that shit is so contagious. Oh, it's really terrible. It's so contagious. It started to get in my brain, too. And I feel like it starts to happen very early. So, same thing with Chimney Top, where there's no point in asking if you're to the top yet. There's no point in asking if you think you're going to make the cutoff or what somebody else thinks about making the cutoff. Because, let me posit this question to you. Mm. If I tell you that the cutoff is soon... And that enables you to go a little bit faster to make it. Regardless of where the cutoff is, you should just go that little bit faster. And if knowing what time the cutoff is doesn't enable you to go any faster, what does it matter? Yeah. Just keep going Mm -hmm. until the cutoff passes. Yeah. I was starting to math, though, as a result of that. So coming up chimney top, I think it was maybe like 420, 430 maybe at the top of chimney. And I knew I... In my mind, I wanted to get to Laz by 5.20 to give myself three hours to finish the final loop, which in my mind I thought was the same loop as the beginning. So I thought it'll take me at least two hours and 45 minutes plus my slowness from exhaustion. Do you feel like BFC math is that valuable, though? It was all I had to go on, and I needed to know if it was possible for me to finish and how hard I was going to have to push. So coming to the top of Rat Jaw 
I had already in my mind decided that the rest of the race was going to be a full-blown everything you've got as fast as you fucking can the whole way. Before you get into 50K stuff, I want to finish my yeah. job. Yeah. So, uh, so you're going up Bradshaw. You're in a decent spot, but I, I, I know at that point you didn't, you didn't know or think you were in the clear. It was still seemed razor thin. Um, I came into the prison. I think I started up rat job for the full time at like five. So, um, quite a bit, quite a bit later. Um, and there were quite a few people that stopped at the prison because they were like, we're not going to be able to make the cutoff by the time we get up there. And they were like, I don't want to go up rat jaw just to not make the cutoff, Mm -hmm. which I get it. It's hard. Depends on if you like it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we had already missed any rational opportunity to make the marathon cutoff. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh. And you knew this. I, when I went up Rat Jaw for the full time. Oh, yes, I did not. I was yes. only doing it to say that I had done Rat Jaw a time and a half. Mm-hmm. I thought at that point there was no chance for me to get the 50K. I knew I didn't have a chance to get the mm. 50K. And I also thought I didn't have a chance to get the marathon. That's a gritty ass move, bitch. And I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go up like there. I'm just going to keep going until I have to get off. And that's that. That's that. And so man. headed up, you know, after helping uh, or being helped getting up Gunny Sack Hill, did the first part of Rat Jaw, which felt hard. It wasn't as easy as the first halftime at all. Um, and then got to the old prison mine trail, which is like, I'll say air quotes, the halfway mark. And the medics were like, cutoffs in 45 minutes. We're giving rides. I proceeded to flip them the bird <laughs> and point at my butthole for no apparent reason. And continue to go off rat job, but quite a few of my compadres that had started at the prison start like started to duck out at the prison mine trail, including Adam Holt, who told me after the race, the one who had to- helped me up gunny yeah, sack, yeah. who later told me after the race, I regret stopping. I should have gone with you. Ooh. I didn't know that the medics didn't really know what they were talking about. No, never listened. I mean, to them. and they only know pieces, right? It's like. At adventure races where they're like, you can ask the volunteer stuff, but we make no guarantees about if they know what they're talking that's about. important like, to know. Um, plus, the medics are just, that's the siren's call of the medics at the halfway uh-huh. mark always, for Rad Jaw. Always, always. always look so smug. Yeah. So I started up the next part of Rat Jaw, and <laughs> so after feeling like emboldened to be like, no, I will not stop. I'm going to finish this Rat Jaw. It felt like 25 minutes later, and I looked down, and it, it was like they were an arm's length away. It just oh, seemed like yeah. it took forever to yeah. get out of reach of them. And there was a couple of guys uh, behind me and one a bit up in front of me. And um, and Eric, I think I have your last name right, so Eric Lutzenberger. Um, we're going up. It still seemed like the medics were right there, and Eric's in front of me, and he, like, stops to turn around and just like take a breather looking back down rat jaw and i said get to the next telephone pole before you decide to come back down because in my head that's what i was telling myself mm-hmm. i'll get to the telephone pole mm-hmm. before i decide if i'm gonna go back mm-hmm. down to the medics because mm-hmm. it was very tempting and he said oh i'm not going down oh and i was like okay good and i thought like well, then i'm not going down either good but, oh uh, yeah mm. so so he took a breather we continue to trudge up Rat Jaw, and everybody just kind of understood, like, and there's these pockets of, like, hard truths that happen at BFC. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. 
the people who go to try to make the 50k that just get a DNF and don't get a marathon. Oh, oh, the people oh. that go up rat jaw knowing that they can't get a 50k or that they might not get anything. Like, those are, are weird, brave, sad pockets yes. of, of runners. Um, and I felt like this was one of them. It like felt like somber but important. Mm-hmm. And again, thought I was going to walk away with nothing. So it was like, there's no reason to be here except for that I've chosen to be here. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, yeah. And as we got closer to the top, I was like, Eric, do you know when the cutoff actually is? And he goes, this is only for pride. And I was like, okay. Aww. And we just continued on. And so we get to the top of Rat Jaw. It's Eric. This guy, Terry, in front of me, another guy that was in our group, and we all just kind of, like, stood, like, staring at each other, like, shaking hands, almost like, Aww, good yeah, job, yeah. good job, we did it. Yeah. Um, and a guy came up in an SUV and was like, I'm supposed to come up here to punch bibs, and it was like, okay, and I thought, like, I don't even know what we're supposed to do yet, because it's like, I don't know that it's again i didn't think anything could happen so i was like do we just take the shortest way down what what happens next so we're kind of like shuffling along to tub springs and it gets tub springs and carl laniac i was like so was there and i said so what happens next he goes well he's like you go and you get your marathon finished and i was like what (laughs) and he goes well He's like, you've got an hour and 20 minutes. He said, you can't dilly-dally too much, but as long as nothing happens, it's from Tub Springs down Old Max. Yeah. So you have like three and a half miles to get yeah. home, right? Yeah, in an hour and 20 minutes. You can fucking do that. And I was like, up to that point, I'd just been like walking and talking to Eric about like our race history and stuff. And uh, <laughs> Carl's like, and so I just started like, yelling expletives excited i was like i just shredded my pussy up rat john <laughs> thinking that there was no reason to do it except for to get one and a half rat john he goes i could have done without that mental image i said i'm fucking excited <laughs> like so I, I took a gallon jug of water this is so batshit crazy this is so annie also, lang batshit i've, I've already heard from other people that other people were carrying water jugs down old mac Okay. Yeah. That's a weird So fuzz. I grabbed the other water because I had run out of water on Rat Jaw, was like chugging a bunch, then would pour some for weight, chugging a bunch, pour it so that I just had an empty water jug, but was as hydrated as I could be. And I like strapped the empty water jug to my chest. That shit crazy. Uh, and it's like, so I'm like power walking like a lunatic, like down old Matt, because I was like, I know I have plenty of time, but I don't have like a surplus of time. Like I could still mess this up if I don't mm-hmm. pay attention. Mm-hmm. And like the water jug's clanking on my <laughs> chest and people are just like, what is going on back there? And it's like, it's me. Um, <laughs> And, like, that was at 7 o'clock, um, and I ended up taking, I ended up uh, getting in at the finish at, like, 8 hours, at, at 13 hours and 10 minutes. So, like, Ooh. I near I took the whole day to do the marathon, and the mileage using Gaia ended up being, like, 32 miles. And I was like, 30, I feel, oh, yeah, 32, I was like, yeah. I feel no sorries about this finish mm-hmm. awesome. i used all of the time i did all of the things you had to see I'm everything good. you did it well with integrity yeah. you helped others yeah you had was fun by others had fun like what more could you possibly yeah. ask for i was kind to myself all day but so so that happens and actually like the timelines are messed up because lauren actually finished in front of me which is just bonkers but so I now i want to back up to you getting to the decision point for the 50k okay which is at so I got there at like 
520, 519. My plan and was to get there at 520. point at Tub Springs, or is it at Tub the bottom Springs. of Old Mac again? No, Tub Springs. Okay. I think. Yes. I actually can't remember. Oh, God. Hmm. I don't know. I I'm, feel like... I'm bad at the Well, course. think about this. Were you on Old Mac going, shit, 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 or were you like, time to go, time to go? Okay, no. I was going down Old Mac going, shit, shit, shit. I think. Yeah, I was. I so was. I think the decision yes, point was, it was at, at the, the bottom. bottom. Yes, I think you're right. So I got to Laz and I came up to him at like high speeds looking insane. And he was like, you want to stay? And you know, win the, mar- win the marathon. And I was like, I- I'd rather die. And he, <laughs> he went, add a girl. <laughs> Punched my bib and I left. I don't remember seeing anything i I think i took a pie yes it was at the bottom of old mac um i took a pie i took i took a shot of bang which i should not have done because it immediately flipped my guts so were your uh, guts good all day until then uh uh-huh i took too much caffeine at once and i really hurt 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 my stomach so badly i really hurt my stomach so I'm coming into Bird, and I know that there are 13 switchbacks, so I'm just going to yell the number of the switchbacks out loud like an insane person as I pass each of them. One, 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 two, 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 two. But then, at like, three, I, there were, like, there was a guy maybe one switchback ahead and one switchback behind, so kind of close to me, and my guts flipped out, and I thought, like, I have to poop or I'm going to die or throw up or both at once. I don't know what's going to happen. Try to poop, couldn't poop. Kept going, tried to poop again. So I tried to poop three times a bird. I still did bird in like 45 minutes, which is insane. I was so mad. You're pooping woman. your way up bird just as a funny image. <laughs> yeah, right? But also, I was. So there's no coverage. Aww. No. I was in intense pain and I kept asking myself, like, what are the facts, Lauren? The facts are can you move your body at high speeds? Yes. Will it hurt? Yes. Too bad. The facts are, if you can move, you must move quickly as fucking possible. And if you stopped, your guts wouldn't feel any better. No. And I kept saying that, too, because that's an anything that I've learned. Does it feel better to walk? No. Then you must run. So I got to the top, and you cruise straight through instead of turning right where you would normally go to descend. You stay on, you, what's it called? Uh, well, you get onto the Cumberland Trail. Cumberland Trail. Yeah. So I stopped there to read my map, and Olga comes up on me, and I was like, Oh, no. Look at all these women. She was with, like, a choo-choo of women. And then the poison filled the bloodstream, and I lost my actual fucking mind. You should give some context of why you you would think, look at all these women. Because, in my mind, I think that I've creeped up to the top quarter of the participants, and I think that it's possible at that moment that I could have been in the top ten women, which is always my goal at BFC and never fucking happens. Yeah. Um, and also Olga's just like the toughest bitch ever. She's an adventure racer and an incredibly accomplished ultra runner. She's just super strong and a good map reader. Like I I thought if I'm anywhere near Olga, I'm having the best race of my life. Yeah, I think Olga and this, this is at nationals and any adventure race we've done. Olga shows up in the most aggressive and assertive way it makes you want to do the same yes like nothing makes me want to be a competitor yes much more than, than her spirit and she did as she always does made fun of me she was like here we are again and you don't know how to read a map <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i was like all right okay fair enough <laughs> um so i didn't really have a good concept of how many miles were left and there were probably 
There were three more miles than I thought left when I crossed over onto the Cumberland Trail. That's so funny that you thought you needed three hours to do that loop and also thought you had more miles. I, but I, I figured out where I was when I got to that spot. So I knew where I was in the map and I, in my memory of the first loop, I thought, okay, I know where the pillars, are, pillars, are, pillars of doom are and I know what the rest of the descent feels like. Mm-mm. Way, 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 way longer than I remembered. Yeah, because you got to run that ridge first before goes you forever. descent. Yeah. It goes forever. So I went, um, I was doing a lot of self-talk. I just kept saying to myself, I want to be a person that Annie Lang would refer to as a fucking psycho. You'll remember from our last episode about Adventure Race Nationals, I referred to Laura Laura Calmtoys lovingly as a psycho because she just was pedaling like a madwoman in front of us happily Mm -hmm. the entire time. And it just... I I was desperate for that moniker, so I couldn't... I, I kept saying full fucking psycho. Go full fucking psycho. So I was running so fast that when I would get to the top of the rollers while running the rollers, I was just going, ah, 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 ah. Oh, man, weird noises have oh, become weird, more and weird, more helpful. They help me so much. So I was just, like, getting to the top and being like, <gasps> Like, the pain, my knees were exploded, my quads were exploded, my guts were on fire. I felt like I was going to throw up. I was running literally as fast as I could, and I passed these dudes, and when I thought I had 1.1-ish to go, I said, how much do you think, guys? And they were like, three and i was like whoa no no. and then i thought this is the kind of race where when you think you've had enough there's always a good chunk more to absolutely test you to your limits and that's like a hundred mile or two it's like i gave everything and they're like yeah we'll do 20 more but i gave everything and they're like yeah do 20 more Mm -hmm. that's how those last three miles felt like they felt like the last 20 miles of a hundred miler yeah but I was like, take this opportunity, Lauren, to, like, bask in the glory of your day. Like, be appreciative of all of the beautiful people out here, how well you ran, you were really consistent, you st- you followed your original mantra, which was do not doubt yourself, and here you are, for sure going to finish. Just take it all in and let the goosebumps start. Like, woohoo. So I did that, and I ran wicked fast, came into the shoots, and I... I was just flooded with emotion and happiness. It was just the best thing. And I actually didn't really get to celebrate. Well, I did because Brendan and Ben and Sam were there and Brendan O'Ryan really was like, I'm so fucking proud of you. And I was just like, thank you, dad. (laughs) Thank you, dad. Thank you, dad. But I really didn't like fully let it all out until I saw you finish. And then I told you how I finished and we were both feeling very good about what we did out there. And we just hugged and fucking sobbed our eyes out yeah. like we were i'm like i'm so proud of you and Andy was like i'm so proud of you yeah and we we're it, just like we were just like screeching and crying because oh. um it, yeah and it, it felt really good to be so holy in our different results mm-hmm. and to fully be appreciative of where we are as individuals you know like we run bfc together twice like actually mm-hmm. running together mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. Half together once. 15 and 16. And, um, you know, people were asking us at the start, like, uh, are you guys running together? And we were like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. So simultaneously, we respect each like, other. No, like, we're different athletes. And that's okay. Yeah. And it felt really good, that whole part where I was saying beforehand, being a little worried that even if I went in with the intent of being grateful for wherever I came and not comparing myself to Lauren, it, it, I knew that there was a possibility I still might feel like shit afterwards. And I didn't. We were just both, like, in the mm-hmm. fullness of our accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
also like uh it's hard to see people drop from the streak group so the people that mm-hmm. have completed bfc for a number number of years mm-hmm. and it seems like when people stop getting their 50k finishes we don't see them for a mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. um so but you as a result of some of that fallout you have gotten to rarer and rarer air <laughs> so like yeah you there are two eight-time finishers that's tim dines and aaron bradner and then there are, i think there are four of us left that will have seven yeah which is like I'm, i might get some of these wrong but i think me lisa has has seven Ben Yancey has seven, and I'm forgetting the fourth. Please you. forgive me. Well, maybe it's me. That's me. Yeah. What's her name? Lauren. <laughs> but you you and Lisa are tied for the most BFC finishes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, that's remarkable. Ooh, I'm very excited. The sustained accomplishment of seven 50K finishes across very different years, very different courses, very different results is like... I love it more than ever, I have to say. I love this race above all races. I continue to... It's it's the very passion of my heart. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I, um, <laughs> I actually thought this year with, like, I, this was the kindest I've ever talked to myself for mm-hmm. an entire race, which I was really stoked about because usually my first place, my first place my brain goes when I'm under duress is like, I don't know why you think you can do this or why you think you can do some of the things you have coming up. And really the whole time I was just like, consider running. What if you didn't stop? You can do this for eight days. Mm-hmm. Just time out on the course. Like, it just, it was a lot of, like, generous. Yeah, to talk to myself that way. Um, but I did think, so the temperature, because of how much rain it was, there were, it was so much cooler this year. And I thought, God, I don't know how much of my success at BFC is related to my training and how much is going to be the heat forever mm-hmm. and always. Yes, it's and a it very me, hot it's race. It's a very hot race, and it really made me think about, like, I stopped applying to the Western States Lottery because someone was like, you don't like heat? Why are you applying to run a, hot, one a, of the hot, a desert race in the middle of the summer? And I was like, that's a great question. I think I'll stop. <laughs> I think I'm going to keep doing BFC because it's really important to me, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to... I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get around the heat thing. I know I've done San Diego and been successful, but like 2019, I did a lot of sauna work things specifically to do better in the heat and it did not work. I'm going to call you out a little on this because you do it to me. I have said to myself, like, I'm just not a good descender. And you're like, no, you're not. You're, you are a good descender. I'm watching you do that right now. Yeah. And I've seen you do hot races well. So it may not be as much as like the de- definitive uh, factor holding you back. Yeah. But I think you brought what this if up. I want to use it? As no, you may not. You may not. Okay. You, I think you brought up that before we're 50, you'd like to run it together again. And now yeah. that's in my mind and I want it so bad. Oh, I said at 50. Oh, at 50. At 50. Yeah. Don't, don't peer pressure. Okay. Me. No, not too fast. <laughs> when we're 50. But yes, I would like to run it ag- together again sometime, but like you go off the rails to train I go for VFC. bat shit crazy. So. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to sneak in, which I mentioned earlier in the podcast, was something that Chris Haas had mentioned in the message to me, which is something that we frequently marvel at in ultra races that I kind of wanted to emphasize, which is that like all different kinds of bodies and people can do well at this kind of race. Like um, men, women, people of color, tall bodies, skinny bodies, short bodies, fat bodies, round bodies, like bodies that are giant pencils, like 
I saw a man who was seven feet tall out there and he was ripping it. Yeah. Um, and just like you don't know what's what kind of power is packed into the kind of body that you're looking at. Like you just can't know. You cannot know by looking at somebody what kind of power is packed into them. So only I, you know. Only, only you, you know. can find out. Yeah, and I just think that's a beautiful part of this kind of race. Yeah. So, anyways, I can't say until next time yet. Happy four-year anniversary. Happy four-year anniversary. Until next time. We are. Barf, barf!